Welcome back to Off The Fence. I am James Fox and this is Alex Maskell. What's up everyone? Or if you're on soundcloud.com, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Soundcloud.com slash Off The Fence. If you're on iTunes... If you're listening on iTunes, fuck off. We don't want you. (laughs) We're on there as well. But anyway, if you are, let us know uh, at Off The Fence Talk. That's where we're on Twitter. That's where we can get us. It is time for the midterms in America coming out very soon. They're going to be electing all of their Congress people and a th- just over a third, I think 37 of their senators. Yes, after two years of being told that the whole thing was Russia, uh, people are now finally facing uh, the possibility of voting between a completely deranged, all-powerful Republican Party or a Democratic Party who seem to have learned almost nothing in the last two years uh, but are acting as though they deserve votes at, like, by default anyway, uh, which is always a fun balance to strike. But um, fortunately, uh, Trump is so widely hated and widely off-putting to a lot of people that it looks like, at the very least, the Democrats have a small chance of uh, like taking back the House of Representatives. Now, of course, if any, uh, like, if any party in the Western world can you know, screw up this complete layup that they've been given, it would be the American Democratic Party. But for now, it seems like there are some minor signs that they should be taken uh, with some amount of seriousness, that they'll actually make up some ground here. Um, And in particular, a thing that's come up a lot is that the main barrier appears to be, as it has been for a number of years now, but increasingly strikingly this year, uh, voter suppression. Uh, the, you know, the suppression of people's, of the voting rights of voters who should potentially be eligible. Uh, so early voting has actually been going on for anywhere from like a month to a couple of weeks. Uh, I believe ending in most places last Friday because of course couldn't have it on a weekend where people might be most able to get to it. But, you know, there's been a early voting, which is an improvement at least for a while now. Yeah, the problem for Republicans is the same problem that's kind of been going for a while now, which is that in a country with a growing ethnic minority population, uh, their party's like insistence upon the idea that society is completely meritocratic, and their like now open white supremacy, where they have Nazis uh, and uh, like open anti-Semites, and uh, at least one actual senator who is uh, fairly openly a white nationalist as well as just like the long history of you know American conservatism and racial problems. And who is that? Let's name these people. Oh, uh, Steve King of Iowa is famously a white supremacist. Uh, went on a, I believe, an Austrian radio show uh, a couple of weeks ago and openly talked, uh, actually a number of times, he's openly talked about how American citizenship shouldn't extend to, quote, other people's babies and just recently laid out essentially his vision of like contemporary white supremacy as he's trying to get it implemented. And it's actually really hurting him. His, his race is not supposed to be competitive, but obviously with the uh, rash of right-wing terrorism, including a new one this week uh, after a very right-wing former military uh, like incel guy uh, just shot up a yoga studio for some godforsaken reason. Shocked six and killed two, I believe. Yeah, in the space of this like uh, spree of far-right violence that's been going on, he in particular has 
been associated with it in a way he hasn't been happy with. Uh, when a reporter, I believe, uh, asked him about it and asked him about uh, the similarity in terms between, uh, for instance, how the Pittsburgh synagogue shooter uh, termed his grievances and the way Steve King has termed his own grievances, uh, he just yelled at the person until they were removed. Did, didn't like give a coherent answer or anything like that. But it's it's hurting him in the polls and it's uh, throwing his seat into question, which is something at least. This entire trend for the Republican Party uh, has been very alienating to what is now a growing portion uh, of the electorate. And so the Republicans have responded to this basically by eroding democracy and the effectiveness of the vote in every respect they possibly can. An instance of that would also be, uh, for instance, Trump's seemingly unconstitutional attempt to uh, revoke birthright citizenship, which is the idea that anyone born in America is an American. There's no good legal reason why that should happen, but the Republicans control the uh, Supreme Court, uh, they control a huge number of the um, courts on lower levels, and indeed the Democrats have just been buying them off with court appointments uh, just to get things like uh, early vote, like early recess from Congress and things like that. So they, they now have huge overrepresentation among judges uh, in the US. So. The idea that the Constitution will stop this happening is kind of nonsense. But um, you know, even beyond just straight up taking away birthright citizenship, there are just many other things that they've been doing to erode democracy. Now, some of the ways that they do this are like relying on older things. For instance, um, like America is a society where black people are systemically kept out of a lot of careers and institutions, which might help them to survive and advance in the world. And you know that drives them disproportionately to uh, like black market activities to try and put together the means to survive, uh, which means that they can be uh, imprisoned, like arrested and imprisoned with far, far disproportionate uh, harshness and incidents. And if you wanted to say take away all of their voting power, you could just fairly arbitrarily make a law saying that former felons and ex-felons. Uh, just can't vote for some reason basically uh, just because well you know they're less than human we don't need to think about the actual reason why that would happen uh, although if anyone's interested in a like left critique of this uh, Ollie Thorne over at Philosophy Tube did a really good video on this I think about two months ago probably worth you looking up so that's kind of an old way of doing it and some progress has actually been made in rolling this back uh, the franchise being extended to ex-felons is something that's going to be voted on uh, on Tuesday uh, in a number of states. And the polling is actually looking very, very positive for it because it doesn't make sense if you think about it for like a second beyond just like the blank prejudice of being some suburban like shithead white guy who just hates the abstract idea of criminals. Uh, but of course, there's also other methods. There's uh, there's, for instance, the long history of electoral and representative systems like, for instance, the balance of uh, the number of representatives in the House of Representatives, the number of senators within the Senate, and the number of votes in the Electoral College uh, that are given to sparsely populated states over populous ones, where they aren't, you know, they aren't proportional uh, really in any significant way and indeed uh, actively diminish the capacity for people in populous states which also tend to be relatively blue leaning from being 
like accurately represented within the halls of power. Uh, this was actually a thing that was emphasized uh, for former slave states to stop basically the propertied class uh, from being turned upon. Um, more recently, of course, they've taken even further steps. Uh, they took advantage of their regained political control in 2010, particularly in state legislatures and governor's mansions, to redraw electoral boundaries across many states uh, in such a manner as to make electoral districts harder for Democrats to win. This is known as uh, gerrymandering, and they do this by packing Democratic voters into a small number of districts and by cracking the remaining ones uh, into other districts where they can be overwhelmed by a minor uh, majority of Republicans. And this can be done to reliably give uh, electoral majorities to Republicans despite much closer and much more variable vote turnouts. This obviously is gerrymandering. Uh, and this combines with the overrepresentation of sparsely populated territories very effectively. Uh, they also infamously mounted a campaign to defund a noted tenants' rights union called ACORN back in 2009, claiming that they were having some mass role in uh, like fraudulent voting, which it turned out never happened. Uh, they just in it, Acorn played a significant role in getting people registered to vote, and they didn't like that. So they claimed that a number of instances of them filling out forms incorrectly was uh, attempts to make illegal voting happen. And so the uh, the Obama administration, basically being cowards and pathetic, folded like an old wallet and went through with the defunding, destroying Acorn to all intents and purposes. Uh, finally, in 2013. The Supreme Court struck down a part of the Voting Rights Act that said that several uh, states which had particularly egregious histories of uh, historical racial discrimination with regards to voting issues and issues of justice had to get pre-approval for any kind of changes to voting laws because they basically couldn't be trusted to not discriminate, uh, which opened the floodlights, floodlights for the exact kind of discriminatory laws that the section was included to prevent. Uh, kind of making them ask why they took them away in the first place. Um, however, their current big trick is outright voter suppression. This is undertaken in a number of ways. Uh, the first one is requiring voter ID uh, for registering to vote and for placing your vote on the day. Uh, this massively prohibits poor people and racial minority voters uh, who tend to both have, uh, like, have conventional forms of ID with less incidence than the rest of the population, and also have a hard time attaining them because they have less time in their day, less capacity to travel, more tenuous employment terms. Uh, so this, this can be a major barrier to them voting and to attempts by activist groups to register them to vote. Um, for instance, in North Dakota, not only do they have voter ID law, uh, but there's also been a lot of court conflict over an additional voter ID law which requires a residential address to be registered. Uh, in spite of the fact that the local Sioux tribe has historically used P.O. boxes for this, which disqualifies them from voting. Uh, Senator Heidi Heitkamp, a Democrat, uh, her election has been attributed broadly to support from Native American voters, so this is clearly just nakedly an attempt to undermine that. Uh, and in return, also completely disenfranchise one of the most marginalized groups in America, a literal subject of genocide by... Uh, Amer by white Americans. This is just scraping away even more of their power. And of course, so much of their power has already been stripped away that they're also one of the 
you know, one of the groups within American society who can do the least about it. Um, in New Hampshire, uh, the Republican-controlled Senate has put a number of extra hurdles uh, in the way of any of the state's 90,000 college students attempting to register to vote, uh, though these have been prevented from going into effect until after the election, despite much protestation from, again, the Republican-controlled uh, local, uh, local uh, state legislature. Uh, and, of course, in Georgia, this is one we're going to be coming back to, uh, to favor Brian Kemp, Georgia's Secretary of State, read gubernatorial vote overseer and gubernatorial electorate simultaneously uh, in a close race. Uh, he's in a close race at the moment. An exact match law has been brought in by Republican state legislature to narrow voting rights even further by disqualifying voter registrations which don't exactly match the information on a government-issued ID, including things like typos and relatively minor grammatical differences. Well, like, if you took someone to uh, court for fraud over these things, they would probably be found innocent, but they're already being preemptively purged from uh, electoral rolls and their registrations are being held up. And indeed, many of them aren't even being notified ahead of time uh, that this is the case. Um, uh, this has reportedly caused uh, 53,000 voter registration applications to be held up, almost all of which unsurprisingly, are held by black voters. Mm, interesting, Imagine that. that in a race against a black woman. Particularly in Atlanta, the more urban area of the state. Yes. Uh, supposedly. This next bit you're about to mention, oh my God, this is... Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, well, no, maybe they're just, they're just trying to secure the... They're trying to make it sure that everyone that votes is a real person and everyone that votes doesn't vote twice yeah, and make pushing... it a more secure election, things like that. That's what they're trying to do. They mean well, really. That's what they mean. They want lots of people to vote, but they just want people to vote safely, you know? It turns out... That's that, bullshit. Yeah, Rolling Stone managed to leak an audio recording of Kemp openly uh, complaining about increased voter turnout uh, as being, like, a thing that works against him. So... Clearly, he recognizes that increased democratic participation is a threat to him. And when you look at the efforts he has undertaken as both a candidate and a referee, yeah, he, he, he's not in only the same just race. He's the candidate in the election, just to make this clear. He's the candidate in the election, and he's also the guy overseeing the rules of the election. It's not. He, 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 could he really not have found, like, a person on the same side as him who would help him undermine this stuff? It's, Did he have to do it himself? Usually these people go, oh no, that would look bad, like that would look bad, the optics of that would look very bad. And it is looking bad, it's really <laughs> hurting him in the polls. It, yeah. was, it was a terrible idea on his part, but um, uh, yeah, when you look at his open acknowledgement that this is hurting him, and the efforts that he's undertaken to undermine this kind of participation, uh, which I believe currently clocks in about uh, 2.1 million early votes, uh, particularly from young people, which is... Yeah, I mean, I've seen figures. I've seen loads of different figures everywhere because it's obviously it's ongoing. People are always voting up 400, 500 percent in something like that in Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, other states where it's I think I saw one that was up 700 percent maybe in Texas. Yeah. And the fairly shocking apparent corruption uh, in this kind of uh, you know conflict of interests that he's been gleefully maintaining uh, this entire time has been a major campaign point against him. So this really bit him in the arse. Uh, but, you know, moving on to some other tactics, uh, overuse of voter purges is also massively on the rise, uh, often catching 
many people who should be registered to vote for spurious reasons. So typically people who have moved out of state or people who have died are purged from uh, voter rolls so that their identities can't be used for this kind of thing. However, Georgia's Secretary of State Brian Kemp uh, has purged over 1.5 million names from voter rolls over the years. Uh, simply, it, Basically for the justification of having not voted in two federal elections in a row. That's the criteria that you need to have. And federal elections are includes midterms. So just if you've gone for four years without voting, he's taken you off the voter registration, which is, you know, it's completely unsurprising when they would catch people out because they are registered. They still live there. They have not died. There's no real good reason why they would be taken off. But of course, uh, Brian Kemp here doesn't need a good reason. Um, Elsewhere, like, you're even seeing similar things happening in New York, uh, in spite of the fact uh, that they aren't legal to do that. They've just been straight up illegal voter purges, mm. uh, which, you know, the voting board, which the electoral boards have already gotten in trouble with. Uh, finally, voting ability has also been sharply curtailed. Uh, in Georgia, again, uh, there has been a closure of 214 polling places over the years, uh, which Atlanta, which the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, has already claimed are often in rural, impoverished, and disproportionately black areas. And in fact, one majority black county, Randolph County, was subject to an attempt to close all but two of its polling places, uh, making you wonder exactly... Yeah, how a lot of people in there were supposed to be able to conveniently vote. Um, now, it's worth mentioning that uh, Brian Kemp himself ended up being an opponent of this. Uh, because, yeah, I don't know, maybe it was just too blatant even for him. But, um, <laughs> like, this goes to show just how systematically this stuff is being rolled back. Uh, now, Kemp is also responsible for a ton of other shit, which makes up the less direct but very striking you know, other forms of voter suppression that are worth considering. He's put together a number of investigations into voter registration groups uh, alleging illegal activity, none of which have resulted in convictions. Uh, and one Georgia woman was even taken to court for telling another voter how to work the voting machines at all, just because she didn't understand. Uh, these have been met with accusations again as part of the uh, Georgia campaign, that the Republicans are trying to create an atmosphere of fear and intimidation around voting and registration, particularly for black people. Point out here as well, in the past few days, um, all those all those tactics you've gone through there, on that exact match law, uh, the Washington Post the other day reported, a federal judge has ruled that Georgia must allow many people to vote who were flagged by Secretary of State Brian Kemp under the state's restrictive exact match law. Kemp is in a... yeah. Yeah, um, they've already said that they aren't going to go with that, though, right? Really? Just, yeah, as last time I saw it, they said that they were going to go ahead with them anyway because they were going to take them on in court. The court found that Kemp's restrictions raised, quote, grave concerns for the court about the differential treatment inflicted on a group of individuals who are predominantly minorities. But yeah, no, I, I expect this to come out, the federal judge to say this, 
and it not to have any impact on the midterms whatsoever. And eventually people like Brian Kemp will go on to try and fight against this. Yeah. Meanwhile, where all these people are being impeded and even taken to court in North Carolina, uh, Republican elected prosecutors refused to pursue charges against one of 2016's very few actual voter fraud cases. A woman who tried to use her dead mother's identity to vote twice for Donald Trump and make up for the completely fabricated voter fraud that she was told by Republicans and by Trump the Democrats would be doing in their favor. It's the rube base of the Republican Party taking the kind of elite lies that are supposed to be, uh, like, it, it reminds me of, them of, too seriously. It reminds me of um, Robert Mueller, right? The whole uh, sexual allegations thing. Oh, yeah, Where yeah, Christine yeah. Blasey Ford saying, you know, she was, oh, she was just paid by Soros or something. Yeah. Which is just and insane. And then you have that, and then like, you've got weasel ton- Jacob Wall. Yeah, and they're all, all these, like, insane Trump supporters are trying to pay uh, women that used to know Robert Mueller to make fake sexual misconduct uh, allegations against Robert Mueller. And now that's being investigated as well. It but is. And it's going to be considering... It's just like that kind of thing, oh, we perceive the other side to be doing this insane shit that's totally not true. So then that means we're actually going to engage on that in ourselves on on the Republican side. And it just gets more insane. Oh, it's, it's actively a tactic at this point. They accuse the other side of being completely awful for using the tactics that they themselves use widespread because they assume that these are all tactics and that the other that the kind of normal left are exactly as cynical as they are and that they would use these things as cynically as they would um now all these uh voter id laws which have been sh- demonstrated to be massively restrictive and that's why republican legislatures have been bringing them in on mass uh, they're justified with claims of mass voter fraud. Uh, famously, uh, Donald Trump himself has blamed his own failure in the popular vote to uh, mass voter fraud. And it was something that Republicans have been talking about for some time as being this massive, massive problem that needs to be curtailed. Uh, this is a seemingly a complete fabrication. It's never been demonstrated to actually happen. Uh, there have been 35 confirmed cases since 2000, uh, which is hardly mass voter fraud. So it's clearly not actually about this. And um, when we're talking about stuff like this, I'm always reminded of that very glib uh, anarchist slogan that if voting mattered, they'd ban it. Uh, which, it, it's been moronic for a host of reasons. Like it's, oh yeah, 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 that makes sense. That's why in Nazi Germany, they kept elections going. And stuff like that. And it's it's no. Whenever one of these groups actually wants to be there, they erode voting rights and they yeah. erode democracy. So if voting matters, they'd ban it, which is what they are attempting to try and do. Kind yeah, of. you could say that. Yeah, in what we so see in reality. Therefore, voting does matter. Yeah, uh, you know, reactionary aristocratic and counter de- like counter democratic forces have undermined it in every possible way and every chance they get across certainly America. And similarly, as with many reactionary innovations brought over from America, in May this year, voter ID requirements under the exact same spurious justifications were given a trial run here in the UK in five different places, including Watford, with many organisations condemning this move along the exact same uh, grounds as in the US. Uh, because, make no mistake, they're being pushed ahead with for the same reasons. They're ways of stopping the kinds of people who are least likely to have uh, voter ID, namely the poor and minorities, 
from voting illegally in spite of the fact that they are like eligible and here we go uh, just in the last couple of days uh, press release from the government next round of voter id pilots announced for 2019 in the uk one of the things they said on their feedback of the uh, voter id trials in may in the local elections this year was that you know it was good but we just need to be doing it more everywhere so we need to be doing it in more places yeah so the five places that you mentioned there alex that's not enough we need to do more so we're going to do it well, in 11 I mean, local authorities this time. I mean, the justification, I suppose, would be, well, uh, you're saying that it has effects among certain populations, so we need to measure it among as many populations as yeah, possible. That, that's so what we they're can say- actually determine. They're this. saying we need to do it in more rural and more urban places. We need a wider set. Um, that's one of the things they're saying. So, yeah, I mean, I've got some quotes from uh, who's the person responsible for this, Chloe Smith MP. Uh, Minister for the Constitution, who says, I'm pleased to see that so many local authorities came forward to participate in the 2019 pilots so we can gain a deeper understanding of how voter ID will work on a wider scale and what works best for voters. (coughs) What works best for voters (laughs) is not having voter ID laws. Yes, exactly. Quote, we want people to have confidence that our elections are safeguarded against any real threat or perception of electoral fraud. They created the perception of electoral fraud. But they don't, they won't, they won't admit that ever. Of course not. Because this is an electoral tactic. People are... It's funny how this comes in just as turnout is picking up in UK elections like for the first time since 2001. Like, yeah. We're, we're, just, we're just picking it back up. Like, yeah, like, now that elections aren't just middle-class people deciding which set of managers of the Thatcherite state they want to elect, yeah. I mean, I all say, of a sudden this stuff comes I in. I say turnout going up since the first time 2001. That's not quite... That's not true in terms of the numbers, but the first time that... We're seeing younger people driving a little bit more, people in their 30s and 40s come up a bit more, the democratic process being engaged with a little bit more. Uh, people are already required to show ID to pick up a parcel from the post office, rent a car or apply for benefits. This is a common sense next step to securing the integrity of our elections. To verify that voters are who they say they are, each local authority will test one of four models of voter ID checks in their pilot. Photo ID, photo and non-photo ID, traditional poll cards and poll cards with scannable barcodes. So that's what they're going to be going with. Uh, Voters in Pendle, East Staffordshire and Woking will be asked to show photo ID. Ribble Valley, Broxstow, Derby, North Kest Devon and Braintree will require voters to present either one form of photo ID or up to two forms. Uh, Mid-Sussex, Watford and North West, Leicestershire will test the poll cards. Uh, Peterborough and Pendle will run separate postal vote pilot, so just on postal votes. Uh, proxy voters in Peterborough will also be required to show ID. Uh, Northern Ireland has required paper ID to vote since 1985. So we're going to go the way of Northern Ireland and probably North Carolina that way. Fun times. I can think of nothing I don't like about the political situation in Northern Ireland. <laughs> or North Carolina. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, quickly though, some races that people should look out for, right? Florida, right? Andrew Gillum versus DeSantis. Yeah, that's going to be a striking one considering how broadly evil the Florida GOP has been over the years, particularly uh, over utterly bizarre looking lizard man Rick Scott, who is their previous uh, Republican governor. Just a complete creep, fairly openly corrupt, massively irresponsible. One of these kind of like very libertarian-ish Republicans who basically believes that the like government shouldn't have a role in public life yeah we've mentioned uh, georgia already uh georgia governor yep uh stacy abrams versus kemp and we've also got uh texas as well senate race there Te- ted cruz 
um, well-known serial killer. Yeah, against our punk rock boy, Peter yeah. Rock. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I only found that out the other day that he used to play in a band with Cedric from At the Drive-In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a proper like Austin area punk dude. Okay, and he's running against Ted Cruz. He is, and it's 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 closer than it has any right to be, and it's uh, like it's it's activated a lot of voters in a way people didn't expect, but the polling suggests that Ted Cruz like just the presence of a much stronger party machine there will probably take Ted Cruz over the like line with a fairly comfortable lead one other notable uh, race for the house which is where things are really sort of getting interesting because it's unlikely the Democrats will flip the, house, the Senate but the house is where they could pick up enough seats to potentially flip it one particular um, seat in that race uh, is West Virginia's third third district that I wanted to mention you heard about this candidate, Richard Ojeda? The name rings a bell. I haven't looked into it. Very interesting um, candidate. Watch his political ads. We're going to play a compilation of a few clips of him in a second. But he is running in West Virginia's f- third district, which in 2016 voted for Donald Trump by a way of 49 points. Right? GOP 49 points in front. That's not a race the Democrats could win, right? Theoretically, I mean, no. If you're I imagine to there's like, going to be a turn here, or you wouldn't have brought this up. Yeah, I mean, imagine you know that's not that's not a place where Democrats can win. Certainly, if you listen to someone like maybe Hillary Clinton or the establishment wing of the Democrats, who don't really want a 50-state strategy, they want to just focus on the races that they can probably win in the the marginals and you know everywhere else that's strong GOP doesn't matter about those yeah. races. Yeah, they want to run. Well, most importantly, and, they um, want to run a position that like works for their donors first and foremost and and tries to win over suburban white uh republican leaning voters um you know center right whatever you want to call them but you know regardless of trying to win make the case for everyone you know regardless if they're you know if they're working class if they're working class and voting gop let's not bother even trying to win them over with a centrist position because you know it doesn't work like that more importantly uh, let's not try and actually engage in any kind of left programs or well, well it's funny you should say that because now we'll come on to richard ojeda who uh who just might be you know mm. he's ex-army he actually voted for Trump in 2016, which I, I'd imagine helps him a lot in this race in a very strong Trump district. Sure. Um, it's also coal country, which comes in a, into a big play with Trump's politics in terms of, you know, opening up the coal mines again. A lot of people voted him in that district for those reasons because yeah. they, they come from those industries and they've seen... The complete fantasy that coal is yeah. like a usable thing. Another, another area where the opioid crisis has hit hard. Um, a lot of these towns ravaged by... Um, opioid use and uh, deaths you know, yeah. all the and more time importantly just communities that have been left to rot over the course of deindustrialization and over the course of you know the move away from that kind of place and as capital has kind of flooded increasingly into the cities and major urban conurbations and he's running against Carol Miller candidate Carol Miller he's going to talk about Carol Miller a little bit um, I don't know loads about her but she's She's certainly your standard GOP person in the pocket of uh, big pharma, you know, the fossil fuel industry, whatever. So we're gonna we're gonna listen to that now. And when when you listen to these uh, ad compilations and situations, I want you to uh, just remember what political ads in America normally like. It's particularly from the Democratic Party, you know, talking about our shared values, you know, 
Um, let's not talk about policies or things that might win people over like Medicare for all or anything like that. Let's just talk about, you know, our shared values and coming together behind, yeah, yeah, yeah. under one banner and, you know. Yeah, let's talk about politics in the vaguest possible terms so we don't have to actually promise. So here's Richard Ojeda, a few clips from him. I'm Richard Ojeda. Drug companies have made millions pouring their opioids into our communities, ripping apart our families. What has Carol Miller done? She's accepted campaign cash from the very same companies responsible. She's even profiting from this epidemic, an epidemic that has killed thousands of West Virginians. She actually owns stock in one of the companies responsible for it all, McKesson. I approve this message because Carol Miller's not gonna fight this opioid epidemic, but I will. I'm Richard Ojeda. One huge drug company, McKesson, has dumped over five million pain pills onto a small pharmacy right here in Logan County alone. And they've made millions off of pushing their pain pills. They get away with this because they grease the pockets of the members of Congress. But make no mistake about it, I don't want their money. They need not darken my doorstep. And I will have no problems throwing drug company lobbyists out of my office. I approve this message because I'm sick and tired of watching our politicians sell us out. I'm Richard Ojeda, and people say that I'm angry. Well, angry is an understatement. When I come home and I find that I got children in my backyard that have it worse than the kids that I saw in Iraq and Afghanistan, I can't accept that. When I see companies using bankruptcy loopholes to keep repaying our coal miners the pensions that they work for, I will not sit quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been sold out. We've been sold out by people like Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, and the Washington Insiders. I approve this message because I am angry and I'm ready to fight back. Okay, so that's uh, Richard Ojeda. A few clips from his campaign ads there. I should mention as well, those clips taken from a little video by Secular Talk, Karl Kalinske. Great show. All go watch his show if you've not heard of it. I'm sure people listening to us probably have. But um, yeah, really cool stuff. Richard Ojeda there, like just on the policies. Bam, bam, bam. Calling out Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell. Calling out Big Pharma. Fighting for the people that work in the coal industry. Losing their health care. Losing yeah. their pensions. You know, the kind of things that they should they should at least be able to um, hope for after all that, you know, hard work, you know, whatever industry they're in. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm slightly I, I think it's interesting that he does appear to be like tactically talking about what he's against rather than what he's for, because I, I still yeah. come away from that not actually knowing what his policies would be or what his actual political alignment is other than just like a, I guess a sort of vague anti-corruptionism. Yeah. Well I didn't have time to, f to give you his full ad and that's also because his main ad if you watch his, his big main ad that came out um, basically runs through all of that Okay. and but it, it doesn't really work for it's very visual as well because it shows how he ran before in a different race and got attacked by um, Trump like fanatics um, was in hospital for a while. Wow. And then he goes on to talk about... When you said attacked, I didn't think you meant literally. No, his face was like completely smashed as wow. well. So, you know, he's, he, there's, in that ad, there's parts where he's talking about legalising marijuana. He's against money and politics. He wants to um, um, deal with that. He's for Medicare for all. Um, on a policy platform, he is, you know, on the very similar to the Justice Democrats, our revolution, he is a left-wing populist in, in what he's saying he's for in West Virginia. That's as well as what he's against. So um, watch that race because a 49-point poll lead from the GOP is now almost level pegging. I've got to say, I'm intrigued. Yeah, definitely definitely look out for that one. Check out all his ads online. It's a very interesting watch. Um, so, you know, he may not win that seat. The, the votes that he's, he's smashed up there are 
going to be significant. Yeah, and hopefully there's some additional like mobilization for actual left causes that comes out of his campaign, even if he does lose. But just in general, it would be nice if there's a Democrat, like a model for Democrats going forward that isn't like rich worse, which appears to be their main model for like who they want to get elected. I didn't play it, but do you not want to know what he said on the Young Turks once in an interview? What did he say? He said, you know, we have body cams for the police, you know, but we need them for lobbyists. <laughs> We need to put body cams on the lobbyists so every time they go in and speak to a politician, we can, you know, we can hold them to account and know what they're like demanding. That's pretty good, actually. There's like people were like, damn, that is, that is, why has no one thought of that? <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, let's leave it there. We'll see you on the other side of the midterms, uh, see where things are going and see what happens. Don't expect anything good. The Democrats have not seemingly learned a single fucking thing. Well, certainly if we see looking at what's going on with the Democrats on the establishment side, and there's a fair few, you know, justice Democrats and um, left-wing kind of populist candidates that are going. Seeing how they do is going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a... It'll, good, it'll be good to get, like, Ocasio-Cortez and well, yeah, Julia I mean, Salazar and the... I think those people are going to probably be quite straight in. You know, it's not yeah, going to be yeah, competitive yeah. races. What's interesting is the people like Richard Ojeda, I think, and see what's going to happen there. Because if if you get the wins from those people, Carl Kalinske said it's, it's a silver bullet. Yeah. You know, it shows that you know, a left-wing message can work 50 states wide, you know? Certainly then, once we have actual, like, concrete examples of it working, we will certainly see whether, for instance, the uh, the DCCC and other, like, Democrat leadership groups, you know, whether they actually, like, if they are given solid proof that a left populist kind of policy-led politics, uh, you know, if it, if it can actually have, like, a broad appeal, you know, it fundamentally comes down to whether it gets adopted is a matter of whether or not they want to do it, whether they have the stomach to do it. And I, I'm not confident, but like, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Sure. Cool. We'll see you then. This has been Off The Fence, soundcloud.com slash off the fence uh, to connect with us on there. You can follow us and you'll get like little notifications on uploads. And on Twitter, we are at Off The Fence Talk. I've been James Fox. I'm Alex Maskell. Cheers. Cheers.